And then, of course, we talked about Jussie Smollett, but who is uh, better to uh, just talk about this a little bit? Because we got more. I don't want to talk about Jussie Smollett because we got more issues to talk about in the city of Chicago. But my special guest uh, here today is the superintendent of police. We have many police officers, I think almost 13,500. And uh, he oversees the police department. It has been for several years. And uh, he's he's been a friend of me for uh, uh, a long time since he's been a superintendent. And, uh, you know, I just call him and say, Soup, I need you on my show. And he say, no problem. You know, and, and uh, he has, he's joined us on the Bum Radio Show Thanks so much for coming in. The superintendent, Eddie Johnson. What's up, dude? Hey, man, just living the dream. But thanks for inviting me. Thanks for having me on tonight. Hey, man, thanks. Thanks for coming on, man. We got we got some questions. We got viewers all over the world uh, uh, watching and and they they comment in every second. Uh, Firstly, we don't get this out the way. This is Jesse Smollett situation. (laughs) You know, uh, we we see that uh, you have um, you weren't notified by the state's attorney's office and now we see a lot of backlash with kim fox like how do you feel about number one the justice smiley situation and number two do you feel like kim fox should get the backlash that that she has uh been getting thus far uh and pull the mic a little bit closer to you okay so this is what i'll say hopefully this is the last time i'll have to address the justice smollett situation so you know look i've been a cop 30 years now and we don't always get the outcomes we want in a in a court proceeding, you know. So I, I'm okay with that, you know. Um, I think that uh, you know, as when you have prosecutorial discretion, then you know you use that. Uh, my job as a police officer is to gather the facts, gather the evidence, present it to the state's attorney, and then it's their job to proceed with the prosecution of the case. Uh, am I always happy with with the outcomes of cases? No, but I think we we need to as a city, recognize this. Uh, at the end of the day, it's a class four felony, disorderly conduct. Uh, we have much more pressing issues in this city to deal with. And and I, for one, recognize at some point we got to turn the page from this. Exactly. You know, we got to turn the page. Yeah. Um, you know, the summer is right around the corner, so myself and the rest of the police department, we need to get prepared for that and, yeah. and focus on keeping this city safe. Uh, so, you know, what happened happened. You know, we presented the facts. I stand by the investigation that the detectives did. You know, am I totally happy with the outcome? No, because I think that um, the city is is still old in apology. Uh, there was no exoneration. There was no uh, vindication. There was nothing that said it didn't occur. You know, if there are facts out there that would negate the facts that we presented, then present them. But other than that, I'm about done with what we're they about, about. They not, they're not a protesting Kim Fox. You know, FOP has come out big time. You got uh, lawyers associations. I mean, now it's like we're going to now take down this black, this, the first black woman state's attorney. I don't think they would be doing it to Nita Alvarez. I mean, you know. Yeah, well, I, I'll say this. Um, Kim Fox and I have a great relationship. You know, we talk yeah. about many cases you know, as the police superintendent and any state's attorney should do. Right. You know, I'm not a politician, so I'm not going to get into that that particular arena. But what I can say is that I think at the end of the day, the police department and the state's attorney's office have the same mission. And that's to keep uh, this city safe and bring people that commit crimes to justice. Now, Jim, you didn't go on Good Morning, Good Morning America. Did you? Did you go on Good Morning yeah, America? Yeah, I did. Too? Okay. Good Morning America. Why? We got we got a lot of we got a lot of. <laughs> 
cases and a lot of things that we we should be putting in in the in the spotlight, especially with Good Morning America. Why Jesse Smollett? I'm so tired of hearing this man's name. Yeah, well, you know, you have to understand too, Jamal, that that although it's a class four felony and a disorderly conduct, it's because of his celebrity. That's that's mm-hmm. why all this uh, media frenzy is out there, and and you know, people want answers, and I respect that. I, I really do. But at the end of the day, again, there was going to be no prison time associated with this. Uh, it's a class four, and that's the lowest uh, level of felony you can get. And the the programs, you know, all of our diversion programs or deferred prosecution, things of that nature, those are designed for yeah. people that commit crimes to be able to atone for that and, and keep their records uh, you know, pretty clean, as well as move these cases through the judicial system. They're not designed for innocent people. $130,000, Rom is saying. You know, is Rom being a bully right now? You know, he, he's now sending a, a a letter with the memo of make sure you include an apology. I mean, is he being a bully? Then we got other things to focus on. Of course $130,000, what other case have we spent that on? And and I, I mean, if you have we spent that amount of money on on cases that really need it? Yeah, we we have. You know what? Let me let me put this out there. We didn't give this case any more resources than we normally would for a case of that nature, a hate crime. Because remember, when this all started out, it was reported as a hate crime, okay. and so we diligently looked for the the perpetrators of that crime. I think the mayor is just standing up, you know, standing up for the city, you know, and that's that's about you all. Don't think he's being I'm a bully. Saying. Well, you know, I think he's standing up for the city. But uh, to that end, you know, again, my focus as the superintendent of police is to get ready for the summer months. And, and well, if you were the mayor, would you keep pressing this or would you focus on some other things We got that's more well, important? Well, you know what? I'm not the mayor. I'm not a politician. I'm a police <laughs> Just superintendent. Just hypothetically. So, so I focus. I don't want to think about a hypothetical, man. Well, can I ask you a question? Sure. Considering that we really do have other things that's more important to focus on. So, like... In the case of Kiara Coles and a lot of the missing girls, that's that's no one has ever heard of. And it seems like Kiara Coles was um, a headline from one week and we don't know any updates. And here it is now. She's supposed to be like nine months pregnant. We still don't know what's going on. All of the attention. And I do understand, OK, he is a celebrity, but all of the push and all of the the hard detective work that was going on. Why isn't that same energy given to to black women like Kiara Cole that it is missing? It is. You just don't hear about it in this fashion. The difference in this particular case was that because you have a celebrity, the media gravitated towards that. The public gravitated towards that. That doesn't mean the police department doesn't give the same resources to those other cases because we do. It's just that this was out there in for the public to view. But we give the same amount of resources or more to those cases. And, and you know, just like you mentioned, uh, the Kiara Cole case. Believe me, we are still, still uh investigating that case and you know i don't want to put too much out there but we're investigating it trust me when i tell you that so that that incident about all these black women uh that was put out there some time ago there was nothing to support that those females that they had um referenced we found all those females and they were returned to their families now as far as detectives because we talk it it all boiled down to detectives right Mm -hmm. now we have what how many detectives we got 1100 Something like that. Right so, there. you know, we do we the next administration. Are we, are you asking for more detectives or because Rom wanted to put a thousand more patrol officers out on the streets? Well, and he did. And I'm sure many of us disagree with, you know, doing that instead of putting a thousand more detectives in 
getting those numbers back when we were in 95 back to that clearance rate of 60 percent. Do okay. we need more detectives? So you, you have to re- recognize how we promote up in the police department. You can't promote up to a thousand more detectives unless you have those thousand more patrolmen, because that's where the detectives come from. They don't come on the police department automatically being detectives. But we got twelve five though. So if there's not a thousand detectives, we, uh, uh, patrolmen, we can promote up. Well, but then you have to backfill those patrolmen spots. You know, let me tell oh. you this. So in 2016, remember how horrible of a year we had in 2016 yeah, in terms of the violence, mm-hmm. right? So we started the Strategic Decision Support Centers in 2017, right? Yeah. So right now today, I can tell you that we have cut violent crime in the city now, the shootings, by 50% since then, 50 in half. And part of that reason is because we have more officers out there, we invested in technology, but also, and maybe the most key piece, is that we've been able to reestablish some of those relationships in the community that have been fractured. You know, so all of those things... Uh, matter when it comes to the reduction of crime. And and I just have to put this out there, too. Crime is just not about the police. We exactly. have to we have to address root causes of crime. Exactly. So one thing that I think people miss when I became superintendent, I think we we had about 12,000 young men or, or young citizens in this city that had summertime jobs. Now right. it's up to thirty three thousand. You know, things mentorship programs like the BAM program. We're up mm-hmm. to 7,000 young men in inner city schools now that are, are uh, affiliated with those programs. All those things we gotta matter. we got to do a lot more, though. Yeah, you know, I, right? I agree. I, I mean, criticism on yeah. those programs, but I'm not going to talk about it. But what I will say is that you're exactly right. The root causes of crime. So you agree with me that you can't. Police officers cannot solve violence in the city of Chicago. Listen, we'll never arrest our way out of out exactly. of out of the violence in this city. You know, police policing is one piece of it, but there's a lot more pieces out there. Listen, if if crime were so simple, mm-hmm. we'd addressed and fixed that a long time ago. It's a complex issue, but I know this. You know, you can add more policemen. You can you can add ten thousand more police. We can't be everywhere, so you have to address. The other root causes of crime. More you, detectives, you yes or no? Yeah, I would like to see more detectives okay. on the police department. So more detectives on the police department. Now we have a database, and then if you got a question, we'll come to you next, Mo. We got a we got a database of what fourteen hundred. They they say this is a database. I remember you talked talking about this some time back of those offenders who were possibly. Be shot or shoot. Correct. Okay. Now, why aren't don't we have a program to target that database? We do. So what we do, I, I don't know if you've heard of this, our custom notification program. And what that is, in case people don't know, that's when the police department, when we identify people that might be victims or perpetrators of gun violence, we go to their homes, knock on their doors, and we take external partners with us, healthcare partners, uh, people that could possibly offer them um job, educational opportunities, mm-hmm. all of that. We take all of that with us, and we offer them th- these services so they can get out of that lifestyle. Because let me say this. When did that start? That started a few years ago. Okay. Yep. And it's been very – when we first started it, it, it was it was a little uh, – what's the word? Not comical. But it was just funny because when we f- initially started this program – when the guys, when we would knock on their doors, of course, they thought we were coming over there to, to arrest, arrest them. Right. <laughs> and so they were very reluctant. But as time went on, 
you know, we might have gotten maybe one out of five to participate. Okay. We're up to like four out of five of these individuals now participating in this program. Right. So that's good stuff because you have to give them an avenue away out of that lifestyle if they want it. And that's what we have to do better, not just as a city, but as a society. You know, yeah. the, the, the vast majority of these guys involved in that lifestyle, they want to get out, but many times they don't know how. So we have to do a better job as a city of giving them an avenue to get out of that lifestyle. We're live right here on the Bum Radio Show. If you got a question, we may take a caller in at 312-374-8130. We got another uh, uh, that 15 minutes with the soup. Uh, Kira Mo. Yeah, so I do have another question. Um, so I know you say you can't necessarily promote people without having other officers that's able to necessarily, like, fill their spots. So what do you believe that the police is doing currently or the department is doing currently to attract black and brown or just people in general to actually want to be involved? So, you know, I talk to police chiefs all over the Y'all country. Y'all can't attract me. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'll tell you this. A lot of jurisdictions are having a real problem with recruiting people. We're not having a problem in, in Chicago in terms of recruitment. But we are, or I should say this, let me digress. We were having a problem with recruiting minorities. Mm -hmm. So we started a really robust program when I became superintendent. I mean, down to the point where I would get on a phone bank myself and call potential African-American candidates to come on this job. Because here's the situation. I can't put people that look like us in our neighborhoods if I don't have them on the police force. Now, having said that, I will tell you this. I hear people always saying, let's, let's, make, let's do a change. Let's make a change. Well, you can't just talk about the change unless you're willing to be part of that change. And, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm really proud to say our numbers in terms of uh, African-American recruits has went up significantly in these three years. So we're making some progress. Are we there yet? No. So. So, 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 real quick uh, uh, question. I know we don't got you too long. Now, let's, let's address this and put it out there. Many people are commenting about this. You talked about before. You said that uh, uh, about the code of silence mm-hmm. in a police department. Mm-hmm. All right. You said that you have never seen uh, any wrongdoings by police officers. Do you stand by that statement, or can you explain no, I, it more? I, okay, let me explain it. I never said I didn't see any wrongdoing. I was asked had I seen a code of silence. Okay. I have not personally seen that. I mean, you know, let's define what a code of silence yeah, is. Please. So you're not going to see a group of cops say, come on, come on, sit around. This is what we're going to do. It doesn't work like that. So I'm not going to indict the entire department. And, okay. and say the entire department operates in that fashion. What I will say to you is, do I believe you have officers out here that will turn the other cheek if they see some misconduct? Yeah, I do. Do mm-hmm. I believe that some officers might do it because they're just afraid to say something? Yeah. Do I think some might do it because they're trying to protect somebody? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. I do think that people will cover up things that they see when they see uh, misconduct occurring. So what I will also say to you is this. I don't think that the Chicago Police Department is any different than any other organization. So there's reasons why people do that type of thing. But I will tell you this. Since I become superintendent, and even before, when things of that nature has come to my attention, I deal with it. You know, when I first became superintendent, I was point blank asked a question. Did I believe there was racism in the Chicago Police Department? Mm-hmm. Okay. What's the answer? That's, that's, a, that's a legitimate question. So my answer is this. There's racism in, in America. There's racism in Chicago. So it only follows that there's racism within the Chicago Police Department. There is. So how do you combat that? By making them, A, more professional so they can leave that racist attitude at home when they leave. 
and B, for me when I can discover it to handle it accordingly. And I can tell you as superintendent, I handle it accordingly if if it's brought to my attention. Now, you said two words that just trigger something in my head. You said the words cover up. OK, now, <laughs> now the words cover up Laquan McDonald. You were you were not the superintendent at the time. Now, how, how do you how do you feel here? We got Jason Van Dyke, who now is going to be getting out of jail and and what a, a couple years. Was this a just sentence? Was what do you think that Jason Van Dyke should have got, got a lengthier uh, period of time in jail and. Should the mayor be investigated for his role? So what what I say to you is this. Uh, I'm still prohibited by the gag order in, the, okay. in, the, in those court proceedings. But but I will say this. I think that that entire incident was a teachable moment for this city, not just the police department for this city. And we have to do everything we can to make sure we have as professional a police department as we can. And you get that by uh investing in the training and the resources that we give them. So, you know, when all that's said and done, then maybe I can comment further on it. But uh, right now, I just think it's a teachable moment that we we shouldn't let things like that occur and not learn something from them. All right, so we're going to go to some calls. we got about 10 minutes, so I'm going to take a Please keep your questions uh, short and straight to the point. Please before do we go not to break, be disrespectful. Before we go to break, because I have somebody that's actually on my live right now, and they're interested in policing. Yeah. And I've grown to understand that in order to change a system, that sometimes you do have to become a part of it. You do. So I get it. Not I. Sometimes However, I exactly. Yeah. Not I. But his question is, um, if a certain person became the, a police officer because they actually wanted to police their community mm-hmm. um, and they wanted to work within their community, how do they go about getting into that particular police department? Man, all they have to do, you take that test, you go through the process, you call me up and say, Superintendent, I want to go to Inglewood. I will put you in Inglewood. You know, that was that's what hashtag send me to Inglewood. That's right. That's I exactly will hashtag put you send in me to Inglewood. Inglewood because you know, look, when I go through the, through our communities and they say to me, Superintendent, I want to see more police officers that look with me. I agree with them. Mm-hmm. The police department should should reflect the diversity of this city. And right now we're not doing that. We're getting better now, but we're not quite there. But again, I can't put black officers in black communities if I don't have them to begin with. We right. got to work on that. So we're gonna go. We 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 do got to work on that. Uh, we're gonna go to. Let uh, me give me Chris. Uh, uh, I got on the the phone line too. I got Chris on the line. What's up? What's your question? Hey, good, good, good evening, Jamal. Good uh, evening, Superintendent, and and the uh, young lady. What's up, Chris? I wanted to, I, I wanted to ask the uh, superintendent. Uh, I know he stated that Mr. Smollett and the mayor also stated that he owed the people city of Chicago uh, apology. I was wondering, um, did he hear about the case of the 17 or so officers with their actions at a, a wrong rate and turning over a cake and placing guns to small minor children under the age of uh, five or six? Um, and also, if he could interject, how come the north side in certain white areas, Mount Greenwood, Beverly, mm-hmm. uh, Evergreen, Wrigley, um, they're mostly all white officers. And in the black areas, there's a saturation of white officers. Okay. So now I'm getting older now, Chris, so you can't throw all that at me <laughs> at one time. And I forget some of that stuff. But in terms of the... the uh, 
the search warrant that that uh, you're referencing. Yeah, I do apologize for things like that. You know, we try to vet those things out as thoroughly as we can before we execute them. But sometimes we, we get it wrong, you know, and when we and, do. And I'll do. Let me and finish. And I'll do respect, Sue. Yep. I never see it happen in the in the wider areas. Uh, I, I, I never see that. But it, but it, excuse me for interrupting. OK, you don't see that because it's not reported. That's why you don't see it. But but to your to your point. Yeah. You know, I apologize to that because, listen, that that could be my house or, or, you know, my relative's home. So we try to vet those things as much as we can. But I absolutely apologize when we uh, incorrectly uh, hit someone's home on a search warrant. You know, we're trying to do the right thing, but sometimes we do make mistakes and, and we're human. But, you know, as a police department, as a superintendent, we have to get better at ensuring that that type of thing doesn't happen. But per, to your per, point about. Per, per the attorney, um, that person had not stated that residence for five years and weapons were drawn on children that were under seven years of age. And, 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 and so Chris, we gotta, we gotta run to a different call. Thanks so much okay, uh, thank for, you. for your thank question. You. Thanks for tuning uh, in. Give me, let me get Taylor, please. Let's keep it quick. Taylor, what's up? Yes. The superintendent, is this the same as the chief of police in Chicago? That's the yes, same thing. Same thing. But sir, it's an honor for me to have this opportunity to speak with you. I'm from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and I live here in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm connected to Chief Anderson and Deputy Chief Anthony Carter, the African-American officer. And when I discovered this out, it was at Tennessee State University where they were training uh, students who wanted to be considered uh, police officers. But I referred to Chief Anderson and Deputy Chief Carter here because in Nashville, I understand how uh, ungrieved grief, protest psychosis, is affecting the community. And in Tuscaloosa, where I'm from in the 60s, I'm 64 years old. Okay. We were worshiping in white churches in the 50s and 60s. So I don't have the emotion. And in Chicago, believe it or not, I got freed from something in Tuscaloosa by talking to a Rainer Funeral Home and asked them if Chicago was in the midst of an Emmett Till time warp. And they confirmed that for me. And I had a young lady who, uh, March 1st, 2017, I spoke to the radio and said, I need to find a mother who attended Emmett Till's funeral, and I did, and she just so happened to be pregnant with her son, which freed me, and that I got more than what I was really looking for. And I'm hoping to have the opportunity to speak with you at some other times. I believe I've done research that can help. So you want to connect with the superintendent, Taylor, right? Yeah, at some other time. All right, so so how can, how can they connect and reach the police Well, let department? me give you my email. We can't we can't take emails. I'm we'll sorry. We'll have our producer um, take it down for you, and we'll we'll trade it with the, with the superintendent. Just stay on the line, Taylor. Give me uh, Sheena. Sheena, you there? Sheena. All right, give me uh, Ziff. Good evening. Good morning. What's up, Ziff? Good evening. Superintendent and Jamal, great show. Superintendent, this is my first time speaking to you, and I've been watching you, and I've watched every superintendent since Jane Byrne. And I have to give you some credit. None <laughs> of them have ever came on radio at 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> but what I would like for you, what I think is dangerous, if the police department protests the state's attorney image of the police and the state's attorney are mad at each other. That's a dangerous confrontation. You, you are quite right. Law. You are quite right. So, you know, because after all, we are partners in the crime fight and, and our missions are the same. So, but I was, I will say this to you. 
Oh, he's gone. Yeah. Well, I, I'll still continue with that answer. But you know, I, I agree. That's that's a that's not something that um, I think we should be doing. However, you know, you have to understand that the fraternal order of police they're a different entity than me, so I cannot tell them what or what they cannot. Do. Will you protest on our gang, side gang, and gang. be with us gang, to protest gang. to protect him? I, I can't get involved in political <laughs> actions. You know, I'm the police superintendent. So, and, and as much as I'd like to just be Eddie Johnson, it's, it's unfortunately, it doesn't you just take work off your way. uniform. Right, that, that's, that don't work either. My no, it ain't working. All right. All right. Last caller. We got to keep it real quick. Cause we got only a few more minutes with the soup. Uh, go ahead. Uh, Willie. So, um, superintendent Johnson, I understand that you are not, uh, arbitrary, you're not negotiating for the police, but it's the question for the contract. We know the police negotiate a lot of stuff that's not normally inside of a labor contract. Do you think that our police officers should have some of the things in the contract, like being able to change their stories um, when an incident occurs? And should we ever have a situation in this day and age, the technology that we have, where misconduct records are destroyed? Should we ever have anything like that to really bridge and bring the community and the police department together? Thank you, Willie. Okay, Willie, those are uh, valid questions. So what I'll say to you is this. Because we are in the the throes of a labor contract negotiation right now, I have to be careful of of being charged with unfair labor practices. So I can't really comment in in detail about that. But what what I will say to you, I think that right now in the world we live in and and the, the fact that we're trying to bring the police department and the communities together so we can make a better Chicago. I think all sides have to be reasonable and willing to compromise with things. You know, so I think that hopefully at the end of the day, everybody will see that, that piece of the pie. And, you know, we have to come to a mutual understanding about what we want. We want our police officers to be held accountable. We want discipline to be uh, not take three and four years. We want it to be concise. And, you know, when officers have have uh, conducted themselves uh, in misconduct, then they should be held accountable up to the point where they lose their jobs. When they make mistakes, you know, then we should it should not be a death penalty, but they still should be held accountable. And then we get them the training and the coaching they need and put them back out there. But the point is, we just have to make sure we invest in the police department to ensure it's as professional as it can be. Thank you to the callers. We got about two, three minutes left with the soup. So we want to uh, uh, get to wrapping this up. So, Soup, tell me, uh, you know, I know you can't talk politically about the mayoral race, uh, but do you look forward to staying a superintendent for a while? Yeah, you know what? Listen, I didn't I didn't go seek this job out. So if if I'm not the superintendent, uh, I'll be OK. Eddie Johnson will be OK. Right. But it, 32. It's, how many years? It'll be 31. 31 uh, years. In, in another month. But uh, congratulations. Thank you. What I will say is this. You know, I have seen the progress we've made in the police department in these last three years. And what I would like to see is get that foundation set so we don't backslide and go back to the way things were. The reason it's so difficult to put that to change police cultures or the mentality is because the people at the top change so often. Once that change occurs, then you're you're pretty much starting back from the from the uh, beginning. And I think that I've seen in these three years a lot of progress, you know, and, you know, like I said, you know, right now, if I were to tell you our robberies, burglaries and thefts were at 20 year lows right now. Right. We cut gun violence in this city by 50 percent since right. 2017. Those are huge numbers. And that was in a short period of time. And so it's not about Eddie Johnson. It's about the Chicago Police Department and about making this city safer. So I think, 
you know, uh, as much as I would like to go off and do other things, I think that uh, another year or two will, will, will set that foundation, especially in terms of us going into the consent. So you want another year or two from the mayor, one of the mayoral candidates. Give well, him another year or two. Know, right? I, think, I think that <laughs> in order for us, to, you know, we got the consent decree exactly. that we're, we're, we've, we're in now. And I think that I believe in that consent decree because I believe Good. it's going to make CPD better. And if we can make the department better, we make this city better. Right. You know, so I just want to make sure certain things are finished before I leave here. And what's the funnest thing about being a superintendent? Talking what's, to you all. Talking but, to- <laughs> you, you know what? Honestly speaking, I, I would tell you all this. Uh, of course, I didn't seek this job, but one of the unintended benefits for me is when I go out into the communities and be able to talk to the young folks that want to see change, you right. know, and a lot of the things that I've implemented, I get from the people out on the streets right. because I listen to them. So for me, that's one of the best things. And then the, the second most best thing for me, I think uh, that I enjoy is when I can do things to, to make it easier for the rank and file police officers to do their job because the majority of them want to do the right thing and they're out there trying to make this city better. So my relationship with the community and the rank and file officers give me a lot of uh, sense of uh, encouragement. Jalen, uh, I got my intern here going to ask you this last question. He got a, he got a question. Uh, 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 go ahead. Can, I, can I get a microphone on for, for Jalen? Uh, 16 <laughs> years old, intern in here on the Bomb Radio Show. What's up, Jay? What's your question to the superintendent? Um, so my question to you is um, for young people in the mm. city, how do you think we should go and trust in police officers to do the right thing in each in each situation? Because you know it's uh, it's not enough to you know be right sometimes, but all the time we should expect for uh, police to do the right thing. That's true. You know, police officers should be held to a higher standard. You are absolutely correct. So I think what we have to do is is get to a point where uh, young folks interact with police officers in in positive situations more so you can get to know them because if you only see police when things are going bad then of course you're going to have bad feelings about it and and like i said you know i think some of it is because you know we put police officers in situations where they don't understand the cultures and diversity of certain neighborhoods and we just have to get better at that but for young folks i would say hey we got a lot we have a lot of programs out here now so we can integrate police officers with young people and and i would suggest you know you try to find those programs we'll bring them to you so that you can get to know us as just people because people see these uniforms so often and they forget there's a person inside of this uniform but but that's a valid question you say you're 16 yes sir what time is curfew 16 (laughs) (laughs) no but that's a good question man so that's that's what i would suggest we do parents let them let them uh uh miss curfew for me (laughs) i know we got it we gotta we gotta wrap it up with you sue sue first of all i just want to want to thank you i think one of the callers said it best you are probably the first superintendent of police to come on on late night uh, uh, radio, and we really appreciate you. Now we got to get through this election season, and we got so many things going on on the street. Uh, uh, you know, what is what's 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 your final thought? What is what's one thing that you want people to understand? You got a lot of people that, of course, disagree with you. A lot of people think that you're doing a bidding for the mayor, uh, and you don't really care about the community, even though you're black. What's one thing that you leave them with? This is what I would leave them, them with. I've been in this city my entire life. You know, I raised my kids here. I love this city. I love this police department. And I know we're better Chicago right now than we were a few years ago. And you might not always agree with the decisions that I make. Is that a hit on Gary McCarthy? No, it's not. <laughs> you might not always agree with, with my decisions. But know this. I, I make decisions uh, from my heart. And I try 
to do the right thing by everyone. So that's what I want people to know. All right. Superintendent Eddie Johnson, uh, he is live here. He ain't on the phone. He came in late at night uh, to talk to uh, the Bum Radio Show and all of you guys watching uh, and listening at home and all of the callers. We thank you uh, for tuning in. And we're going to keep this conversation going. But we got to let Superintendent get some sleep. Cause he, you know, he's handling a, a, a major police department here. And, uh, you know, we, we, we wish you the best and, and for the future. And of course, you got the new mayor coming in and, you know, we'll see what happens. Tony says she's going to fire you now. Yeah, I know. We'll see. So- what happens. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> We're going to see what happens. Thanks so much to the, to the superintendent of police. Phone radio, phone radio. Let's go. Phone radio, phone radio. Hey,